A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. Hi guys, it's me, Coach Rebecca, and today I'm going to be talking to gymnastics coaches about the right way to stop kids from balking on skills they're scared of. So if you have kids who are struggling with a mental block, stick around. Parents, you can learn a lot from this too, or definitely share it with the coach in your life. But what I'm going to be going through today is a question a coach reached out to me describing their policy for helping kids through balking or freezing up on skills that they are physically capable of doing. She asked my two cents. I gave her 57 cents. I gave her a lot of thoughts here today, but this is sort of the shortest version I can come up with on how to work together with the kids to instill confidence. And hopefully if this makes sense to you, then you can share it with the parents on your team. So you kind of help them to get up to speed on why you are doing what you're doing. If you're looking for any more resources, or if you have a question like this, reach out, find me on Instagram at complete underscore performance, shoot me a DM. I love to chat about this stuff. So hope to talk with you soon. And I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the perform happy podcast, where athletes and their support squad come to learn the secret weapon for sports success. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith. First, I was a scaredy cat gymnast, then a coach. Now I'm a sports psychology expert and a parent. Athletes, whether you're feeling stuck or you're having the best season of your life, I'm here to help you reach peak performance and maximum enjoyment. Hey, everybody. It's me, Coach Rebecca. And today I'm going to be answering a coach question. So this is going to be for the gymnastics coaches or any coaches who are currently helping athletes who are freezing up on skills that they can physically do. So this could apply to cheer coaches. It could apply to figure skating coaches, any coaches, or even parents. This is going to be useful just to find out my philosophy and how I would present this information to a coach. So the question was all about balking. So this coach has an athlete who is freezing up on skills that they can physically do. And This is typically called a mental block. We love to call them a dip in confidence because a mental block sounds so final. But basically, this athlete is struggling with a skill that they're capable of doing. And it's clear that it's a mental thing. It's not a technique thing. So this coach reached out to me to say, hey, here's our philosophy on how to, I'll say, deal with the mental blocks and deal with balking. And she wanted my two cents on it. So first, I'm going to give you a little bit of um, kind of her question, a little background. And then I'm going to tell you exactly how I would approach the situation if I was the coach. And I'm going to give recommendations for coaches out there. If you have athletes who are freezing up on skills, there are a lot of ideas floating around that are real close to right. But 
it's got to be fine-tuned. So I'm going to give you, I mean, as quick as I can, exactly how to help these kids to stop balking, basically. Okay, so this coach wrote in and she said, as a gym, we have a policy regarding balking. We give a warning. We have a discussion of what it is you think will happen. So I'm imagining they're like, you balked. Okay, what do you think is going to happen if you try it again? Should we back up to a different drill or a different skill? If you balk again, you're going to take a break for the day. So that's their policy. And their policy is driven, she says, by two major beliefs. One belief that they are operating based on is that balking breaks the trust you have with yourself. If you can't trust yourself, you have no business doing dangerous skills today. She also, which I I love, she says, it's not a punishment. It's an acknowledgement that you're not in the right place mentally today. It's not done with humiliation. It's between the coach and the athlete, never spoken of in front of another athlete. And then she says, the second major belief that drives this philosophy is that balking seems to be contagious. So when one athlete balks, the others begin thinking about how scary what they're doing is, and they've seen it bloom in other athletes almost immediately. Okay, so basically they believe balk twice and you're done. We're done with the skill. And this is because she thinks it's rooted in not trusting yourself and that it's contagious. So they want to just stop the balk, which, hey, nobody wants to see a kid standing up on a beam freezing and freezing and freezing, especially me. So I think that this coach is very close, but there are some adjustments that I would make. Uh, And then her follow-up before I get into my answer is, um, she said, if you're not vehemently against it, I'd appreciate any advice on how to convey to a parent the idea of how important trusting yourself is. She says she really wants to listen to what the mom's saying, but the discontent is not helping anyone. So she's sort of like, how do I get the parent on board and to understand the importance of this policy? Okay, so I'm going to take this in little chunks and do my best to stay pseudo-linear. But here's what's really going on in this athlete. When an athlete freezes up on a skill that they can physically do, it is a fight, flight, or freeze reaction. This is not rational. This is not a situation that a kid can explain, that they understand. I mean, if you ask nine out of 10 kids who are freezing up on a skill that they physically are able to do, and they're going to say, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why. You're going to say, what are you afraid of? What do you need? And they're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's not rational. They are, their brain is having the same reaction to that skill as their brain has to a hot stove or a a sharp cliff drop off or a tiger. Their brain is going, get me out of here. 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 So there is no rationalizing with the athlete in this moment. And what I teach the Perform Happy members, the kids to do is to know that 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 message from the brain, when you freeze up on a skill, you balk on a skill, you hesitate, you bail out. That's your brain sending you a loud and clear message. I'm not ready yet. Okay. So, so we might be like, yeah, so just don't do the skill. Okay. But hold on. Don't conclude that. So I'm not ready yet. I need to build more confidence first. That's what the brain is saying. I need to build more confidence first, because if the brain doesn't have enough information to guarantee that you're going to be safe, You know, if the brain doesn't have enough information to know that you can overpower a tiger, it's going to be like, get me out of here, get me out of here. But if your brain is like, yo, that's a tiny kitten, you're going to be fine. You'll be okay. It's got enough information to know that. If you're walking along and you're like, I am seven feet from this cliff, I'm not going to fall off, I'm fine. But if your brain is like, am I going to fall? Am I not going to fall? It's going to freeze you up reflexively. 
So if your brain doesn't know how this skill's going to go, meaning there's some kind of a threat, there's a threat that's being sensed by the adolescent brain. And an adolescent brain is just so full of threat seeking. This poor 12-year-old is scanning their environment constantly for how am I not fitting in? How am I letting people down? How am I failing? Because they are so socially aware that typically that fear of being, I'm going to say, quote unquote, kicked off the skill by saying you tried to, you're done for the day. Um, Even if it's delivered really kindly, they're going to be afraid that they can't do the skill. Then they're not going to get the skill. Then they're going to be left behind when their friends all move up and they're going to be basically kicked out of the cave and left on their own in the wild. I mean, that's basically what the brain thinks because they're these little humans that are getting ready to launch out of the cave, metaphorically, into the jungle on their own when they go off to college. They have to be hyper aware of all the risks and they have to be hyper aware, especially of social risks. So if they're getting kicked off of the event or off of the skill, that they're afraid of being alienated. They're afraid of running out of time. They're afraid of punishment. Even if you are as sweet as pie and you deliver it with an ice cream, like go sit over there with an ice cream instead of doing this skill, they're still going to feel like, I am not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not okay. They might even fear that discussion, even a little discussion if they balk. So all of these threats are on the table when there's a really like I'm going to say the word severe policy, like an an inflexible policy, which it sounds like this coach is 100% flexible because she's like, let's figure out a good way. Help. (laughs) You know, she's open, which is amazing because a lot of coaches are like, this is the policy, that's it. If you don't go for it, you climb the rope. You don't go for it, you do conditioning. You don't go for it, you're kicked out. You don't, you know, there. it's a lot of coaches are like, we we don't balk because balking is not good. So we're going to nip it in the bud. And what they end up doing is creating more threats in the brain which actually makes the problem worse. And then the kid goes home in tears and then you get an earful from mom. So, okay, so let's talk about the idea of balking damages self-trust. Yes, I'm gonna say yes. And I'll give a little bit of an explanation of our philosophy, the the mental block breakthrough method that I teach in my free training. So if you wanna check out this method in full, you can go to completeperformancecoaching.com slash free And it's a training for gymnastics parents, but coaches can also check this out and really benefit from it. But it talks about our three-part method for breaking through fear. First, you build awareness. Second, you build confidence. Third, you build trust. So yes, 100% self-trust is the solution to fear, but you can't build self-trust if you don't first have confidence and before that have awareness. And every time an athlete has, I'll say, regressed, you know, taken, their confidence has dropped, it means that they have moved back into the awareness phase and that there's something going on in relation to their confidence that they have not yet learned about themselves. They haven't learned that when they don't get enough sleep, they need to scale it back the next day because their brain goes on high alert. They haven't yet learned that when they focus on trying to be perfect, they get really tense because their brain is sensing a threat, which then makes them freeze up because it's not sure how it's going to go. These are just a couple of examples, but every kid has their own little domino effect of 
you know, it starts to feel weird. Then it starts to feel off. Then I start to overthink. Then I get really tense. Then I don't go for it. Then I freak out. And then I think I've lost it and they're, they get negative and then they don't do their skill for six months. I mean, it can be that quick. But so, but every kid has their own sort of domino effect that takes them from confident to not confident. It's typically based in their thinking. It's all about threats, thinking that there's a threat there. And the bottom line on this is that if they have what's called a fixed mindset where they believe it's all or nothing, perfect or fail, do it or don't. There's no gray area. Once th- when they're in that all or nothing black or white thinking, which most kids who end up with mental blocks are, you know, this like the contagious factor that if the kids are like, oh, she balked, I'm going to balk. That's a fixed mindset thought. So what we want to do is bring kids into the gray. And this is what we do in Perform Happy. We really advocate building a growth mindset, which means that you start where you are, you build awareness and you just get a little bit better that day. So what I would do in this moment, the kid is freezing up on something they were doing yesterday or something they're supposed to compete in a month or you know whatever it is, they're not going for that skill right now. You watch them freeze up. It's scary for everyone. You're like, do not do that again. Here's how I approach it. I love a two-bock rule. I have my own two-bock rule. My, my two-bock rule goes like this. Try once. If it doesn't work, regroup. You know, take a second and be like, okay, did I get distracted? Was I focused on the wrong thing? You know, am I in my head right now? Do I need to hit a drill really fast to get the feeling in my body? Do I need to imagine one? You know, you you give yourself the benefit of the doubt after one balk because it's completely normal to bail out of your first attempt. Completely. You know, you're just getting warmed up. If something fell off, if something feels off, you would think that you would not go, you know? There's benefits to that. So you do it once. If you try again and you're freezing up again, that's that message. Like I said in the beginning, I'm not quite ready for this yet. What can I do to build confidence? I don't have quite enough confidence to try this progression yet today. What can I do right now successfully? So instead of taking a break from the skill, which actually increases the avoidance, because the brain, if the brain senses, if I balk twice, I don't have to do this anymore, I'm balking. This is, again, it's subconscious. This is not rational. But the brain is like, if my back hurts, I get to get an ice pack. Oop back pain. If there's any fear and the brain is like, there's a tiger in the room, quick, balk twice and the tiger goes away. Then it's going to make it so that you're actually creating this system of balking twice, which creates all this frustration. And then you're giving up on the skill versus going, okay, that progression, there's not enough confidence today for that. What can we do? And we don't run away from the skill. We just back it up a notch and we find, and we collaborate. So we'd go, okay, what I would do if I was standing in the gym with this kid is I'd be like, what can you do? Okay, so if we if we can't do the flipping vault right now, what can you do? Can you do a straight jump onto the vault table? You know, if you can't do the back handspring on the high beam, can you do it on a medium beam? Can you do it on a low beam? Can you do it on a line? What if you stick a mat under the beam? So we want to go into, instead of like nip it in the bud mode, we want to be like, let's find a solution mode. Let's find something where this athlete today can be successful. Now, the black and white thinking is going to be like, but the medium beam is not a success because we have to compete it on the high beam. And I've heard coaches say this, you don't get to compete on the medium beam, so we're not going to train there. 
Well, that's inflexible and it doesn't work. It's not efficient. The most efficient thing you could do in this moment is to find the hardest progression they can successfully do in this moment and get them there and have them do 10. And then you move on. Maybe you go back to the high beam. Maybe you do try to flip that vault. Maybe you do work your way back to that harder progression. But most of the time, you're better off just creating those little deposits in your confidence piggy bank by doing something related to the skill that's still successful. And again, we're and I love that she mentioned it's not a punishment. Absolutely not. Actually, I'm like drilling this into these kids that I'm working with right now. Backing it up is not getting off the path to success. It is the path to success. I will say that again, backing it up, taking a step back to an easier progression is not getting off the path to success. It is the path to success. You have to move back in order to go forward. This is going to be consistent throughout any gymnast's career. You're going to get a skill, then you're going to upgrade it. Then you're moving back to the low beam, or you're going to get a skill and then your coach is making a a little bit of an adjustment to your form. And you're like, yikes, this feels weird. And then you're back on the low beam and you're adjusting and then you back to the high beam. And that's where the trust component comes in. You learn the skill. So first you learn yourself. That's the awareness piece. Then you learn the skill by doing tons of progressions successfully. Anytime you back twice, you back it up. And if you have to back it up just to the beginning, that's okay. Backing it up is the path to success. I promise you. It's the most efficient way to do this is to actually just quickly back it up and go, this is the path. This is how we get confident. Let's go get some reassurance in your body. Let's do some drills. Let's get a spot. You know, give them what they need in order to be successful that day on that skill instead of running away from it. Okay. So the last thing I'll mention is that contagious balking. It's sort of like the old wives tale that's like, we don't use spots on beam because kids will get stuck with the spot. Or we don't use mats or we don't use the low beam because they'll get stuck on the low beam. It just, it just isn't true. And yes, you might see that a lot of kids are balking on a progression. So what I would look at is that black and white thinking. It's not the balking itself. It's the, they're terrified to balk because they're going to get kicked off the skill or they're terrified that they're going to get left behind because they can't do the skill. So that's creating the tiger in the room. If everyone knows, hey, if I am not confident enough yet on the high beam, I just back it up to the other beam. I do a few, I feel better. And then I go back up to the high beam and there's literally no drama, no judgment. No, I'm not good enough. I'm failing. They're just like, oh, do to do go over here. Okay. Feeling better. Great. Thanks coach. Up I go. And all is well. And gyms that operate this way, It takes some adjustment, but those kids are happy. Those kids are trusting. Those kids, as they're learning that they can trust themselves to come to you and tell you what they need, and they can trust that you are going to give them what they need, that is where the trust is built. It's in the relationships. When they trust that they're going to be free to fail, that they can try and fail and they won't be left out that's when they're going to start to go, okay, it might not be perfect, but I'm going to go for it. I'm not 100% confident. I'm 80% or 70%, but I trust that I can do this. It comes from having a flexible, collaborative environment. 
So that's what I would encourage all of you coaches out there to create. Now, it doesn't mean that you're having kids just do easy stuff all the time. And this is where I get a little more specific in my program of like how to know exactly when to move to the next progression. And it's very, it's actually sort of linear. It's a lot of back and forth, but it's it's a very clear process that kids go through. So learning how to, you know, get rid of that low beam, to get rid of the balking, to get rid of the spot. It's all part of the process. So if anybody is looking for more resources for their team, for their coach, send me a DM. You can DM me on Instagram. You can DM me on Facebook. Instagram, I'm at complete underscore performance. And just reach out and say, hey, I want to learn more about your mental block method for my gym, you know, or whatever it is that your athletes are struggling with. I'd be happy to answer your questions. So send them my way. So email me, Rebecca at performhappy.com. Giving you a lot of a lot of information today. So bottom line for this coach out there who's who's hopefully listening, you're doing great. I love that you're on the track of two balk, you know, being we don't want to balk more than twice. You are absolutely 100 percent right on that. And we do want to stick with the skill and trust that once you build awareness and confidence the self-trust will follow. So kids shouldn't trust a skill yet that they don't have enough confidence in. They shouldn't trust a skill on that they're not aware of where their body is in the air. They shouldn't trust a skill that's new to them or that they just got a correction on or that they just added another element to. So that takes the confidence first of backing it up, rebuilding, making sure that everything feels good on a really easy feeling surface or a medium easy feeling surface. And then they get to take that leap of faith and take it to the full surface when it's time. So reach out if you guys have questions. Hopefully that was helpful. I'm happy to answer questions that you have. Reach out and I'll see you soon. Bye everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence, and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.